You're listening to the British Baseball Podcast. Greetings, baseball fans, and thank you for joining me in another episode of the British Baseball Podcast. If you're new to the show, my name is Matthew, and I'll be your host for this evening. I'm thrilled to have not only one but two special guests with me today, and they're championing the cards up in Scotland by doing a superb job of promoting the sport and bringing the best of Scottish baseball to your earlobes in their awesome podcast, Ball Caps and Bagpipes. So after you've finished here, you should head over to their show and have a listen to their work too. Firstly, I've got Glasgow Comics outfield and all-round top dude, son of big boss man himself, John McKellar. John, how's things? Very good. Thanks very much. Uh, been here under the weather the past few days, but I'm feeling better. Excellent. And by his side, but miles apart, is his podcasting host, Baseball Scotland Hall of Famer and former president of Baseball Scotland, behind, the man behind your favourite baseball shop, Dugout Classics. He is Jason Durr. Jason, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having us on. No problem. Now, before we crack on the show, a little news from the British Baseball Federation. They've recently announced that they've formed a strategic partnership with Prep Baseball Reports, and they're looking to give the opportunity to showcase British baseball and European amateur youth players aged between 13 and 18 to top colleges and universities in the United States, with the aim of the talented athletes getting recruited. I will bring you more information on this as it becomes available, but to be sure that you don't miss anything that breaks out of there, follow the BFF on Twitter and get the news as it unfolds. So if you listen to the show on iTunes, why not leave us a little review and a rating as it helps the podcast and gets more exposure. And if you're watching this on YouTube, hello. <laughs> why not Hi subscribe guys. and give us a like on there too. And now without further delay, let's get on with the show. So John, Jason, thanks for agreeing to come to the show and talk about your teams as a little bit of team review. But before we get into your, your teams, and Jason, you've got quite a few of them to talk about. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you got involved in baseball? Right, I'll go first. So uh, I was six years old. Uh, it was 1981. Uh, Kirkland Little League won the World League, Little League World Series. That was the first time the U.S. had won in quite a few years. Uh, and they literally just a couple of miles down the road from where I grew up. Uh, I remember seeing them being on TV. And uh, yeah, I convinced my parents to sign me up for baseball from, from there on out. So yeah, so I've been hooked on baseball since six. Um, played all the way through high school. Had dreams of trying to walk on at uh, Oregon State. Uh, found out the realities of uh, what it's like to be a college baseball player and thought, I uh, I don't have 16 hours a day to commit to the team, so uh, I'm good. Uh, and yeah, I just kind of grew away from the sport for a while. Uh, of course, at the same time, the strike happened in 94. So um, it took me to, you know, uh, Sosa and McGuire having the home run rates really kind of hooked me back into baseball again. Uh, ended up coming out in Scotland in 2003. I just happened to look for something to do. Found out there was an amateur baseball team and signed up, and that's been me since then. Excellent, John. How about your journey? Yeah, um, I encountered baseball very similarly to I think most people of my generation uh, over here uh, through the man the wonderful magic of uh, Johnny Gould and uh, Josh Chetwin on Channel Five. Um, I rented all-star baseball 2002 the video game for the ps2 from uh, global video one weekend just kind of on a whim um just looking for something a bit different i'd already been a hockey fan since 1985 so i figured i would try this uh, other curious uh, american sport out and uh, so i checked out the video game quite enjoyed it you know i was confused by it i think as most people are over here at first uh, with baseball but um enjoyed it so i thought you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna check out some games Obviously, being a hockey fan, I was vaguely aware that, you know, there were games on Channel 5. Um, so, I started watching midway through the 2001 season. Um, 
fell in love with the, the sport and also with the New York Yankees uh, that same year. Um, just watched for several years. Uh, you know, never really thought seriously about playing. You know, I never really figured that there would be any way to play baseball over here. Um, but then when I was in my mid mid twenties, um, I was by then I like I was vaguely aware that there were some teams at one point active. Uh, I had been aware of the Strathclyde Falcons. Um, so I thought when I was 25, you know, like I might as well just run a Google search and see what, what comes up. Uh, I, may, I may have a chance of playing. So I did, and I found the Glasgow Baseball Association Facebook page. Uh, contacted, I think, Xander, who was running uh, the page back then. Um, went to training one night, and uh, the rest is history. I joined the GBA uh, midway through that season. Um, became a member of the first ever Glasgow Comets in 2014, when we split into the two teams, uh, the Comets and the Galaxy. Um, and I've been with the Comets ever since. Uh, it's, uh, I play left field for the Comets um, and uh, quite enjoy it. Lovely. Uh, Jason, what positions have you played throughout your playing days? You, you've hung up your cleats now, haven't you? Yeah, I've hung up the cleats for the last two years now. So, uh, yeah, I mainly pitched. Um, and, yeah, that's about it. I'd go to the arm, falls off, but it hasn't fallen off yet. So we're doing pretty good. Awesome. We touched on that you go into baseball via video games, John. I, I pretty much found baseball through video games too. In your both of your opinions, what's the best baseball video game that's ever been made? I'll uh, defer to Jason first. No, no, he's asking you. Like I said, like uh, I'd have to go with NES baseball because that was what I originally played. So. <laughs> Is that the Tenko or the Tecmo? Oh gosh, I it was just Nintendo baseball. Okay. Yeah, there was like the original game. There was Nintendo. There was a Tecmo one, I'm sure, as well. Yeah, or Temco one, but yeah. Um, but there is an original like NES baseball. I think mine was. I think my favorite baseball game is probably Ken Ken Griffey, uh, Junior's baseball on the SNES. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably have to say All Star Baseball 2004. Um, I think I think that's my favorite all all time uh, baseball game. Nice, good choice. Um, so moving back on to the question, sorry, I, I sort of sidetracked us there a bit. Uh, how important is baseball in your life, John? In my life, very important. Um, baseball came along for me at the perfect time. You know, I, I think I was lacking a sense of uh, any real social life or direction in terms of um, being part of anything like a community or anything like that. Um, and baseball gave me a sense of community, a sense of uh, worth that I had <laughs> been missing for quite a while um, you know there's nothing beats being with my teammates uh, so yeah it's very it's very important to me uh, which is why I, I, I retire every other year and <laughs> keep coming back <laughs> Brilliant uh, Jason You know uh, baseball was my life uh, growing up uh, went to uni uh, kind of fell away with it. I didn't go see a whole lot of games because it just hurt too much. I'd see those guys out there and go, I could have hanged with them. I would have been all right out there. Um, so it really, uh, it didn't really come back into focus till I came out here and I realized just how much baseball meant to me, how much I, time and effort I, I put into it. So yeah, um, so even with me not playing now uh, and me running the shop, yeah, baseball is pretty much 24-7 around the house. Yeah. Can imagine. Do you think that the players over this country are as passionate as they are in the states? I think it's different because here you're playing for fun. Um, if you know if you're born and bred here and you have a passion for baseball, 
you know, there, there's only so few outlets you can have. So, you know, if you're going to be, you know, staying up till three or four o'clock in the morning to watch your team, you're going to be passionate about that. Whereas in the States, I was just having this conversation with a guy from Spain today. And he's like, I went to a game. I loved it there. Don't know what the score was, don't know who won, but it was so much more about the entertainment. And I think that's kind of what it is for the back there. It's almost, you know, you're kind of trying to, you're playing for fun, but you're trying to make it. And then, you know, once you hit that age of like, I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to make it in uni, I'm not going to be drafted. And so few people are um, that, you know, you just, you lose that element of fun for a while and you kind of refine it in like your twenties and thirties and you go, okay, I need a hobby. And then it becomes fun again. I think that the answer to that is probably yes. And the reason being that, you know, um, over in the States, baseball is so institutional um, and it's such a fab, a part of the fabric of American life um, that, you know, you're just kind of a part of a much larger thing when you play baseball in the States, whereas each of us all are the stewards of baseball in this country. Um, you know, the game only grows in Scotland uh, and across the UK by the efforts of the the people who are already involved with it. So I think that uh, with that comes a sense of, you know, a sense of passion and a sense of responsibility to the game that uh, I think is kind of unique to other countries outside the US. Yeah. So I will talk a little bit about rivalries because you both played against each other a few times. And I find it quite funny that, Jason, you've dressed for the occasion saying your Boston gear because you knew that John was going to come in his Yankees gear. So, how many times have, have you sort of met each other? Well, how did you come to be like? We know that I've introduced you as, as from being ball caps and bagpipes. So, how did you go from being on rival teams to starting a podcast together about Scottish baseball? Well, funnily enough, um, I wasn't actually on the opposite side from Jason for um, at all in my debut season. Um, each time that we played the Cannons in my first half a year, um, I was a cannon. <laughs> the first time I actually faced uh, Jason at the plate was an opening day uh, of 2014. Um, as far as how I've fared against uh, Jason at the plate, not well. I've reached base once and I believe eight tries, uh, a couple of ground outs and uh, the rest were strikeouts. Um, even the time that I reached base, I believe it was a fielder's choice or an error. Um, I've not done very well against Jason at all. So I don't, I don't know about the rest of the leagues there, but so we have a rule in Scotland that if you only have eight or seven players, you can go borrow somebody there because it's all about getting the games played. And so um, they were quite happily the first game to send John over. And then I think I started asking for John because he wasn't getting a whole lot of playing time. And so like, hey, we, we know John, we like him. He, you know, he had good chat. You know, he was quite willing. He was just happy to play. So you must have played about four games for us the first year or two. Yeah, uh, including, I think we had at least one double header where I was a cannon for both games. So it probably has to be a full game, yeah. Yeah. And how did your friendship flourish and, and how did the podcast pass, uh, the podcast start? Well, well, so I was going to say, yeah, so I, you know, being the president of the league, I just kind of chatted to everybody and kind of see what it is. Um, you know, I wanted to make John welcome to, you know, come and play for a team. It's always hard to go and show up somewhere and go, hi, I'm John. I play for the team. I'm probably the worst person out here right now, <laughs> you know, because you're not going to get anyone good when you get the extra players. Uh, and you just to make him feel at home. And, and, you know, we just kind of chatted off and on, you know, just making sure he was enjoying baseball. Uh, and then I saw he was involved in quite a few podcasts there. And I, with me retiring, it was kind of like, oh, man, this would be something to kind of still have a foot in the game and, and 
see if he's interested in it because I don't have the audio skill to do all this stuff there, but I have the contacts there for the people. Uh, and I think it would be a really good marriage of us together to say, all right, you know, you can do the sound stuff because I have no clue what I'm doing and I can find the people for us to interview. And I think uh, we, we match up really well and it's been success so far. It's been great. Yeah, it's a really good show. I, I do enjoy listening to it. Uh, you, we, we talked the other day about, about Nick that you had on the show. He's a great guest. Who's been your favorite guest that you've had on the show? In my opinion, I have two answers to that. I think the best <laughs> interview was when we interviewed Jason's former Edinburgh teammate, Graham, uh, a couple of episodes ago. As, for, as far as my personal favourite interview, in terms of the content, it would be when we interviewed uh, my teammate Danny Quinn of the Glasgow Comets, just because of how well I got on with Danny. Um, I really quite like him. And um, he's just a great teammate. Um, and to hear some of the stories he was telling and stuff like that, and to just be able to shoot the breeze with one of my guys on the show was, was a, great, a great pleasure for me. Yeah, it was a really good episode. That, that was a two-part, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yep. yeah, that was a two-part yep. episode. Um, just because he had so much fascinating stuff to tell us that it ended up, um, during the editing process, I found myself unable to cut anymore um, without kind of leaving out really good stuff. So that was when we made the kind of joint decision to, uh, to make it a two-parter. Yeah, wise choice. I, I I couldn't imagine having to cut anything out of that interview that you did. It was it was really good. Jason, any any favourites? I, I think Danny's was really good there. Like I hadn't actually met Danny there, and the conversation flowed really naturally. And like John said, he had some great stories to tell. And I think that's what the fun bit about doing these interviews are, is because you you know these guys on the field, and you may not know what they do off the field, and all of a sudden they kind of open up about it. It's like oh, that's really cool. I had no idea you did that. So I, I was quite blown away. Uh, and when I shared it with my friends, they were like, oh, let's go check out his, his music. And the guys were like, this is great. Like, I've been listening to it all day long. It's like, I, I'm loving this. I, I had no idea this guy was doing stuff. Um, so yeah, so Danny's interview was great. Uh, I really enjoyed Nick's interview. That was a trip down memory lane uh, and, you know, kind of bring out some old memories that we hadn't even thought about for the last 15 years. Uh, and then Graham's interview was really good, but I mean, Graham's a good mate of mine, so I knew it was going to be a pretty easy uh, interview for us. But, you know, I think we've kind of hit our stride and the interviews are getting better and better each time. Yeah, yeah. So what's your favorite stories about each other that are clean and broadcastable? Oh, man, we have any stories about each other, <laughs> I guess, you um, know what, we became such good friends on, on, on the, off the field, what, even when we were playing together, I think it was like we'd face each other. And I think we just big have these big grins, knowing that okay, here we go again. And you know, John knew a curveball was coming. You could see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my favorite Jason story isn't really great for me, but like I struck out on uh, high pitches in my last at bat of back-to-back seasons, and I believe 2014 and 15 uh, to Jason. So that's probably my favorite story about him. But um, we have a winning record uh, as teammates. Uh, so, so I guess that's a good story as well considering that I'm, I've never actually officially been on his, his club I always hit really well against my own team when I was <laughs> for the Cannons which was uh, bittersweet to say the least yeah you, you usually hear from the other guys as soon as John would get a base hit they'd be like well, and you don't do this in practice you don't do this in the games why is the person supposed to do it so, so you know it was, it was always good fun to have John you know, it, was, it was always a blast you know he was always curious and asking questions, and, and you know, we always make sure we had time for him. And all the guys enjoyed his time. So, uh, I just we're going to our next topic here. What can you tell us about the teams that you represented and their histories? 
Okay, well, so the Edinburgh team is where I started. So I originally started with the Diamond Devils there. Um, I, I know the team in its current form was started in 1987. Uh, it was originally called the Edinburgh Reavers. And then they had to change it in the early 90s because the rugby team became the Reavers. And so they said, all right, let's change it to something that no one's going to uh, ever call a, a team in, in Edinburgh or Scotland called the Diamond Devils. So, so we've got that name sorted. Um, then when we split in the cannons into two or into the devils to the cannons, we had two teams there. Um, with the team of the cannons is named after Mons Meg up in the Edinburgh Castle. So um, I thought it'd be a kind of cool tie-in that's called the cannons with the, with the cannon up in the Edinburgh Castle. Um, but I know baseball's been played in the country in Scotland since the early 30s. There's recorded history from then. So. Lovely. Uh, John? You, uh, uh, yeah, so just want to tell us a bit about the Comets. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so um, I've been playing for the Glasgow Comets since the Comets initial season back in 2014. Um, we were the product of um, the Glasgow Baseball Association team. Sort of getting to a point where numbers were good enough that they could field two teams, and I think with some of the talent that there was on the bench every week. It kind of was discussed between, uh, it would have been Jason Stott and, and Xander Harrison at the time, the kind of heads of, of GBA, and they discussed it, and I think they kind of decided that the best uh, way to get more guys as much innings as they were going to be able to, the, the number of innings that they were going to need to be able to come to the ballpark and feel satisfied and fulfilled was to split into two different teams. Um, so they did that. Uh, Comets and Galaxy uh, 2014 was the first year. Um, I had uh, I went to one training session with the Strathclyde Falcons back in 2007. I don't even think I've actually ever mentioned this to Jason. Um, but um, I went to a Strathclyde Falcons uh, training session back in 2007, April 2007, with a friend of mine. Um, and then like he just wasn't interested. And it sounded like Linwood Paisley they used to play. So it was kind of a trick for me to do it by myself and just something I didn't want to do every week uh, on my own, going out that way. So I kind of left it until um, later when I when I found the GBA. Um, but yeah, we're, we're still fairly new teams. The Galaxy have won three straight uh, championships now, though. Um, so I think the clubs are starting to pick up a bit of steam. Uh, the comments of the last couple of years finished with better records each year so that we're kind of starting to we have a lot of inexperienced uh, players um, the players who are kind of still learning the ropes and stuff like that so we are kind of the underdog I guess um, but we're starting to see things click together um, yeah but there isn't really a hell of a lot of history between the two teams uh, it's only been the seven seasons or so uh, but yeah it's, it's, it's good to have a derby you know like I think it's, it's great because that was one thing that was missing I think when it was just GBA you had the two or three Edinburgh teams, um, but just the one Glasgow team. Um, it cuts down a wee bit on the travel as well, because you know, every so many weeks you're staying in Glasgow to play the, the other Glasgow team, so it's, it's good. Lovely. You had a pretty good, decent season last year, didn't you? There's one thing I noticed when I was looking on your Facebook page, is you don't do low-scoring games, the comments. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were kind of feast of famine last year. Um, we We have... A pretty solid offensive lineup. Um, where we kind of tend to 
lose is, is defence. We, we've had some innings where we've just been very unlucky with errors. And it seems that we go through like a patch of where it just seems like it happens every game. Um, so uh, when we can keep it together defensively, we do tend to score a lot of runs and we tend to win. But um, it's it's defensive issues that sometimes bite us. Because uh, we have a couple of really good pitchers. We have uh, Robert um, and we have Albert, who are both very capable of pitching a, a complete game and holding other teams at bay if, if we can keep things uh, tight on the defensive end. But um, and we've never really... Like you say, we do we do score a lot of runs. Um, I don't know. We might we might have finished either first or second in runs scored either last year or the year before. I know we were definitely up there. Um, so yeah, I think <laughs> high scoring games are uh, kind of the norm in Scotland rather than the exception. Although it's uh, it's just one of those quirks uh, with our league that that's kind of the the case. Martin. Uh, Jason, you've been retired, you said, for about two seasons. Is there anything that you're missing particularly about, about playing? Uh, I miss hanging out with the guys, you know, just uh, throwing the ball around a little bit, just kind of getting away from everything for a few hours, just uh, being able to just focus on baseball and see how it's gone. But, you know, it's uh, two little ones now. You don't have a whole lot of free time to, to go and do that kind of stuff. So it's kind of give and take. So I, I don't miss running everything and organizing all of that. But, uh I do miss just kind of getting on the field for a couple of hours a day and, and just uh, having a blast with everybody and, and just seeing how things have progressed. Do you see yourself coming out of retirement like John's been in and out? Are you? <laughs> when the girls are a bit older, do you think you'll uh, you'll go out for one last hurrah? Uh, I might make the occasional game here and there. Like uh, I'm not saying I wouldn't. Um, you know, I, I, I've spent so much time trying to coach when I was doing stuff there. So, it, it, you know, the swing will be a little bit rusty and... and you know, taking a game or two to get back, but yeah, I, I, I can see myself. We, we are talking about putting like an old timers game back together just for uh, for a laugh to see, and that's probably something more likely I'll do because <laughs> if I have to pitch, it most likely I have to pitch for both teams. And I don't know if I've got five innings in the, in the arm to go poach for both teams. Yeah, I suppose it's fair to ask you the same question, John, with, with baseball being put on hold at the moment because of the pandemic. What are you missing about baseball? Much the same. Um, being on the bench with the guys, the, the camaraderie and the, the friendship and the sense of belonging and the sense of community. Um, obviously, playing the game is very fun um, and it's something I love doing. Uh, but the thing that makes it the most fun is the atmosphere. Um, so, yeah, I'm really missing that. Um, yeah, there's no, there's no, like I said earlier, there's no feeling like being on the bench with your teammates. Yeah, I'm very. <laughs> I'm chomping at the bit to get back. Hopefully, it will be soon. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll we'll see how it how it unfolds. It seems there's like news every week now about what what can be done, what can't be done. So, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? Hopefully, we'll see something this year. If it's a form of some sort of competition, or if it's uh, condensed leagues, either way, it's been nice to get out on the field. I mean, I, I've not even experienced playing yet, so it's it's going to be a first time for me. So I'm I'm itching to to get involved if if I get the chance. What do you worry about most when you get get on the field for the first time? What am I going to worry about? Yeah, exactly. So you're going to you're going to get on the field there, and uh, <laughs> what do you worry about most? Um, good question. I um probably maybe a pigeon flying overhead and and taking a dump on me or something in my, in my <laughs> new uniform. I, I don't. I've not really thought about it, Tommy. So it's not really something that. I've, in my mind, I've just been that focused on trying to do what I can at home with training, which has been hard because I've been doing physio. Yeah. 
I think I'd be more worried about letting people down um, in a truthful answer because the people that I've, I've met so far, like we talked about the camaraderie before, they're a great, great group of people in Manchester and I'd literally like do anything and everything for them uh, in a game. And if that means sitting outside someone else, have, have a go, then I'd do that. I don't, we'd already said before the season started, if, if I didn't even make the team, we bought some folding chairs from a supermarket um, so we could take them down there, have like a picnic and just go and watch a game. I'd be there as a, as a supporter if I wasn't there as, as a, in any sort of playing format. But because they've been that welcoming, they've, they've given me that many coaching tips and they've invested a lot of time and effort into me as a person, then I'll be worried about letting them down. I wouldn't be, man. Uh, it's, it's natural to feel that way. Um, but... I think the important thing to remember is something that Jason always hammers home, um, and it's that even the Hall of Famers are, you know, they fail seven times out of ten. It's a game of failure, is uh, generally what Jason would always say to me. Um, so I think the the worst thing you can do is worry about letting anyone down, man. Just uh, just play your game uh, at your own pace, and you'll you'll catch up. Uh, it's it's natural. Um, but the first ever game that I started. Uh, the first play in the top of the first uh, was a fly ball that, of course, came straight to me. So I think maybe my first pitch of the game, and I dropped it. Uh, <laughs> and I just, I felt the same. I was, I wanted the earth to swallow me up, man. But, you know, once you get that first one out of your system, you may have one or two more of them happen, but then you'll catch one. Yeah. And uh, that feeling is, is unlike any other in that, that, that that does something for your for your for your mental focus. Like you start to catch another one, and then you catch another one, and it starts to become nature to 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 chase it down and catch it instead of worrying about not catching it. Um, so I would just uh, I would just try and, and slow it down a bit, and uh, don't don't worry so much about that. Just play your own game. Well, it's great advice. Uh, that, yeah, I've, I've made a few notes on that. That's some good pointers. So. John, you're on the uh, 
who's been the biggest influence in your career? Uh, Jason, it's a game of failure. <laughs> the Jason's advice helped me a lot my first year. Um, and I think I carried a lot of the advice that he and his teammates imparted on me uh, throughout my second year, my first full year. Um, and that kind of laid the groundwork for me to develop as a player. Um, because it, it, I was like yourself, I was always worried about failing. Um, and anytime I'd made a mistake in the moment, I just wanted the ground to swallow me up. But it's, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint baseball. Uh, so one mistake can be out, can be like undone within moments because like uh, a story that I love to tell about my first ever start is that uh, in the bottom half of that first inning, uh, I batted in four runs in the first inning on two hits. So <laughs> I like to consider myself uh, redeemed. Uh, you know, you can, you can go from feeling like garbage to a feeling of absolute elation uh, from moment to moment in baseball and it can go back the way as well. You just have to roll with the punches and take your time and play your game. Um, and it was the advice that Jason gave me that first half of season that I think uh, laid the groundwork for me to be able to do that gradually. So it's like, like you were made for each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we do have a very organic, I think, chemistry and um, rapport, which I think is what makes our podcast uh, work. Um, yeah. you know, and it was partially why I wanted to do it as well. Um, I just thought it'd be fun. You know, I, I got a random message on Messenger from, from Jason at the end of 2017, right at the like kind of December 2017. And I wasn't playing at the time either. Um, I had uh, some health problems at the time. Uh, so I was kind of just sitting around. Um, and he was just like, do you want to, do, you want to do this, ball, this, this podcast? And I was like, yeah, cool. Sounds good. It could be fun. And I agreed to do it. And then he went back and forth for like a year and a bit before we met last January uh, to properly thrash out what we wanted to do with the show. Um, and then it wasn't until the, the following August that we actually started the kind of recording and distributing the show. So it, it was a long time coming. Um, but the thing that made me so quick to say yes was the, you know, just, just the organic chemistry that I've always had with Jason. Yeah, it comes across in your show as well. I think it does, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I mean, it's just good banter. I mean, uh, John's a great guy. I've had fun, you know, chatting with him every time I play because, you know, he's always asking questions and curious. And that's all you ask for people is, you know, if you're curious about the game, how do you do this, what do you do that, what, what, can, what can I see, you know, what did I do in my, my last at bat? Because I know you're watching, you know, what, what tip can you give me there? And, you know, as a coach and a manager, like, that's, that's all you want is people to listen and say, all right, great, this is what you're doing wrong. Here's a quick tip. Try not to think about it when you're up to bat because I said if you think about it, you're already the ball is already by you. It's just react to everything. Yeah. So can I catch you something a bit personal? Uh, I don't know. Not personal, personal. <laughs> not not a kind of guy. We've not even had a beer yet. Um, <laughs> but have, have you ever had to give up anything or sacrifice anything for baseball? Oh gosh, uh, time. Time would be the willingness to sacrifice. Uh, I, I don't even want to think of how many hours I put into uh, running the league, getting the team organized, and all there. But you know what? I, um, I'd do it all over again. Like, no problem at all. Like, um, I mean, I, I did this job unpaid for 10 years as the league president, and then, you know, throw on another five years as, like, manager and coach. So, yeah, so, you know, I've got 15 years already invested in, in just in Edinburgh alone and doing that. So, yeah. Um, 
before I was just doing it for fun. And then it was as it grew on, it was like, okay, yeah, this is uh, this is something I need to actually really think about and kind of leave a legacy behind to say, you know, what, that there was a point in time I was here for 15 years and, and kept things ticking over. Um, I was thinking then, you mentioned in your podcast uh, not too long ago that, that you um, used to travel up and down the country, uh, not just uh, Scotland, but the UK, uh, before Baseball Scotland became its own entity. What was your favourite away day? Oh, man. Um, well, we would travel up and down the country. Uh, Hull, Hull was a good one. Um, uh, Menwith Hill was a lot of fun because it's American Air Force Base, and everyone would... It would, it would always be the trip we'd have to go rent a van because we'd go from a team of 10 to a team of 18 because everyone wanted to go and get Mountain Dew and grape soda and Philly cheesesteaks and all the stuff you couldn't get. <laughs> uh, but the, the greatest, if you want to call it a road trip, would be when we went to Lithuania uh, to represent uh, Great Britain CEB Cup 2005. And yeah, it was great fun. Um, Met the president of Lithuania. Met the, um, the U.S. delegate from well, from the U.S. that was a part of Lithuania. There, uh, it was cool. It was a brand new stadium that was like in the middle of a horse track. So you had like a horse and a chariot going on in the background while playing baseball. Um, and it, you know, it was still like Eastern Europe then. It hadn't been Westernized. Like they had just gotten their first McDonald's. So um, there was two flights a week to to Vilnius. So. Uh, so we ended up being there for 10 days. So I got to see a lot of Lithuania, you know, when it was still kind of Soviet and uh, it was inexpensive and, you know, there was 16 of us there. So we had a blast, you know, it was like a 10 day boys day weekend, you know, so, um, but it was fun. I mean, it was, it was fun to see baseball and see how it was played in Eastern Europe and, and to see how, how good they are. Uh, I think I threw a possible 24 of the 30 innings we played that weekend. That's a lot of baseball. That was fun. Like I said, I got a rubber arm. Like I said, I may not be able to, to break 60 miles per hour, but I got some movement. And Johnny, you got any favourites? Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't around back in the day when they did all the kind of travelling up and down. Uh, certainly, I've never been overseas. But um, for purely selfish reasons, I think Edinburgh is probably my favourite away day. Um, I've always hit well in Edinburgh some reason um so i always enjoy going there i tend to i just tend to have a good game when i go out to edinburgh um yeah i mean i've only ever really traveled to edinburgh and aberdeen so i don't have a, a, as big a sample size to choose from but definitely edinburgh for that i i think that edinburgh would probably one of mine we were talking today jason weren't we about about edinburgh and it's one of my favorite places in the world uh so many great memories around there and it's I'm planning on, I can't put a time scale on it, but I, I can't wait to come back up to Scotland. I'm going to try and plan some trips uh, with baseball involved in it as well. So um, that, that's in the future. But, well, I'll probably let you guys know when I'm, when I'm up with you guys, where I get a few scoops or something. I was speaking of it, it's like Scotland being such a great place uh, for me personally. If you guys could create uh, a franchise right now and drop it anywhere into Scotland, just because I'm asking this because I, I, I love I love seeing I love seeing baseball stadiums with these beautiful backdrops and I could, and there's so many different places in Scotland where I, where I could think there's a a perfect good diamond could go just for seeing it. Where where would you put a a ballpark in Scotland if you could choose one place? Well, the 
when I look at the map of where teams are just now, so you've got Aberdeen, you know, you go out towards Fife, you've got Edinburgh, you've got Glasgow, but there's nothing south or west of Glasgow. So I would probably think out towards where I'm from, like Lanarkshire way, or somewhere closer towards where the borders are, um, just to kind of, you know, dot the the clubs more around the, the country. Um, but there's also the kind of argument of maybe we would do it, you know, up north more, um, because just because of the scenery. Uh, I think weather would probably be more of an issue <laughs> out that way. Um, but yeah, I think um, my first answer would probably be, as I say, kind of west or south of Glasgow, so that we can kind of spread it out more across the country. Yeah. I think, uh, ideally, if you if you build, a, say, a super site, I think Perth makes sense. It's kind of the middle for everybody. Um, and then you're just right in the Highlands. I think that would be an awesome place for one. Um, but for selfish reasons, I would like to say, uh, <laughs> if we did in Edinburgh, um, I'd like to do it down at Arthur's seat, you know, <laughs> just down there. That big open field, just take it over there, you know, right next to the palace. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes some outfield, doesn't it? Well, we used to train there. So down in Hollywood Park is where we originally had trainings. And uh, it was always interesting on a sunny day because we'd have to tell people we had the park rented and uh, we would have to chase people off. So, uh, you know, we'd, we had a couple of guys that were some big dudes that could put the ball way out there. And uh, uh, one of my favorite memories was there was a, a wind kiter and he got caught in the draft and must have gone about 40, 40 feet in the air before dropping. We had to get the ambulance to come pick him up and all that. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it was just like you just hear the scream because he got picked up by a gust of wind. And, uh, yeah, we were like, oh, no, that's not a good thing at all. Awesome. Uh, right, as we sort of bring the show towards a close, um, is there anything else you guys like to talk? I'd like to give the last word to the guest. So if you've got any shout outs, anything you want to talk about before we head off, maybe you want to talk about Dugout Classics, Jason? So yeah, so uh, I think it's, it's been great. I mean, I've been involved in baseball for almost 20 years out here. Um, I've seen it get big, I've seen it get small, and I, I think it's back on the upswing again. So um, it, it's nice to see like yourself doing the podcast and, the, and everyone that's getting involved in there. It's uh, definitely had more exposure than we had back in 2003 when I found it in a magazine advertising of amateur baseball. So we've gone a long ways. Uh, but yes, of course, I got my shop. I got the classics. So we do um, vintage jerseys. So we do only authentics. We don't sell any of the fakes. So, um, and we also authenticate anything for people. So if you're wondering if your jersey is real or not on eBay or Depop or wherever else, I'm quite happy to look at it and give you my, my I guess, expert opinion. I want to say there's better than people out there to do with that. But I can give a good look over and see if it's authentic or not. And then... Uh, our big thing now is baseball cards. We've got a bunch of vintage baseball cards we're selling as well, too, which is kind of fun to do. Yeah. John, any, any uh, love you want to spread? Uh, just to everyone involved in baseball in Scotland and across the UK, uh, I know how frustrating it is to not be able to get back on the field. Uh, but I, I just want to wish everyone a great season whenever we do get there. Um, and certainly I want to close just by saying thank you for having us on, Matt. It's been a pleasure, man. And uh, Hopefully we get to come back on something. Definitely, definitely. That that's a plan. Um, I mean, even when I've spoken to to you guys, and it's not been recorded, it's it's been a good laugh. So yeah, we're definitely planning this again. Uh, one last one for me before we go. If you had one wish for baseball in Scotland, what would it be? Oh, um, I would like 
to see. <coughs> I think I would quite like to see more exposure for the game here, um, whether it be games being live streamed online or something like that. Um, I think that's kind of what I would like to see. Uh, I would quite like to see Edinburgh finally get that field built <laughs> to see what a, a you know purpose-built baseball park would, would be like in Scotland and how that would change the game. Um, but anything that we can do to raise the profile of the game, and I think something like um, live streaming games or you know releasing video of games as or highlights or something like that is probably thing that we need to look at doing in the, in the more in the short term. Uh, I know that Jason kind of piloted that a couple of times. Uh, he used to record games on a camera back in the day. Um, and I think that's something we could probably do more of to, to try and raise awareness and raise the profile of the game. Because um, yeah. if, if people can find somewhere online to watch a game, then I think they're probably more likely to want to come along to the field and either watch or participate. Um, so I think that would be my, my wish for baseball in Scotland. Also, on top of just like, to come back <laughs> to be able to play again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. It's when you mentioned it about the, the videos and the highlights. It's something I've been looking into and trying to, mm. well, plan to try and get something coordinated with teams to have highlight packages on the show. But yeah, sort of like a match of the day style program. But the logistics yeah. of it all, it's, it's just writing it down and filling notebook. I was more a Football ideas. Italia kid uh, growing up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gazzetta Football Italia style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I might even do it on a Sunday morning just as a homage. With a paper? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a nice cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, I anyway. Mug, by the way. Oh, oh, this old thing? Yeah. <laughs> where, can I, where, where can I get one of those? Oh, it's, it's a one-off. My partner got it me as, as a sort of... Um, just as a present, just just went and, and got me a got me a mug, and it, it's actually awesome. I just noticed it's, it's backwards on the camera. I don't know if it'll play the right way around. Once <laughs> I can see it, fine. Yeah, um, it, it was cheaper yeah. because they messed up the spelling. So. <laughs> <laughs> you missed no. the trick, man. You should start selling those. Well, if only I knew a shop where I could sell merch. Jason. I think I might know a guy. <laughs> 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 I, I, I think I, I have thought about merchandise, but not for the show, but sort of just something daft like a, a t shirt just says watch British baseball written on it so I can walk around Manchester and people can go and, and try and spark some sort of talking point or I'll just have someone throw something at me. And if it hits me, I go, hey, you got a great throw. But I can't. No. Have you ever thought about pitching? No. <laughs> Well, Jason and Jason and our last guest, Nick, um, brought up a, a guy who did something similar around uh, Scotland back in the day. I believe it was a coach, Ron, Jason, that used to do that with his cowboy hat and his uh, baseball uniform. Yeah, his kilt and uh, yeah, his uniform popped and it was just chatting about baseball in Scotland. And uh, I think he spent most of his time in the Royal Mile and probably didn't live talking to other Americans. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a gent in uh, the Southwest Baseball League, actually. It might have been... Oh, I'm going to get this wrong again. So much trouble. I think it was the Spitfires. And he was out and about in his full jersey, handing out leaflets and uh, all custom designs and stuff. If it's the wrong team, I apologise. But uh, I meant to try and get him on the show. But with everything going a bit sideways, it, it never sort of emerged. But yeah, I, I love how creative people can get when trying to, to promote British baseball and trying to get people involved it 
yeah, it, it's, it's it's what makes it, it worthwhile. You know, it, it makes me want to try harder, knowing there's people out there doing exactly the same and more to try and promote the sport. It it pushes me on to try and do better product, better content. So that if people do stumble across it for the first time, that they're intrigued and they want to find out more. Um, it's, it's it's for the it's for the people. Uh, Jason, have you got any um, wishes for Scottish baseball before we, we go? John, we've been talking about getting a field in Edinburgh for 10, 15 years. <laughs> so so I think I think we're getting there. I think um, I've got something that I'm going to release next week that's going to hopefully shed some more light on baseball in Scotland. Um, and uh, it, it, we're getting there. So it, it's hard. It, it, money's tight. People, you know, a field costs 100 grand, no problem. Um, because we say if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it right. And, and man, the dirt is not cheap. It is like forty thousand pounds just for the dirt. And so, yeah. so yeah. So hopefully we get the ball rolling, and then um, yeah, then that will slowly start raising funds that way. Because we're hoping to look towards the North American audience of being the one that really kind of funds it all. Because uh, uh, there's been money in baseball in the UK, unfortunately. So uh, yeah. we gotta look towards other sources. But yeah, uh, I'd like to see it get done uh, and. You know, saying, all right, it is done. We have a field, and hopefully it'll be one of the best in the UK. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, I know that the Newcastle Nighthawks have, have been successful with raising some funds through their, their goal for me. It was just short £2,000, and they're trying to build, like, a centre. Um, um, again, I'm going to get more trouble for this. I was actually talking to them last night. They, they, they've, they're trying to make it like a like a hub for baseball in, in, in the north so that it, it can bridge the, the gap with like Scottish baseball and uh, there for like a talent pooling sort of thing for showcasing. So exciting yeah, times. Yeah, I think I read about that in an article. Uh, it may have actually been yourself to put it up. Uh, it would have been extra innings. Um, I would have retweeted extra innings. It was a really good article. Yeah. yeah so props to extra innings UK. Good, good work. Because right. we talked at one point in time of seeing if we ever got a team in Newcastle and we have a Scottish Newcastle league because uh, this is before we had Aberdeen, so the travel would have been the same for everybody. So, yeah. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time uh, again. I uh, really appreciate you coming back to do some some extra recording. We, we did a few technical issues in the first session, and I've enjoyed this as much second time around as I did the first time. Uh, where can we find you on the old social medias? So you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, um, both, uh, it's both at Caps and Pipes. If you just search that into the search bar uh, on either Facebook or Twitter, you'll find our pages. Um, the show can be found on pretty much any uh, of the usual platforms. Uh, we record it through Anchor. So the homepage is uh, anchor.fm slash Caps and Pipes. Uh, otherwise, you can just search Ball Caps and Bagpipes on the podcast provider of your choice. Um, you can find me on Twitter at John Caps Pipes. Um, and uh, I believe Jason, uh, he's uh, at Bubba on Baseball. Um, and obviously, Dugout Classics, uh, Jason's store, it's dugoutclassics.com and can be found on Facebook and Twitter as well. Uh, I believe, again, it's just at Dugout Classics. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm, so, I'm so used to doing that on our show. <laughs> that, like, <I'm... laughs> I was just going to say, is, is that part of, part of your, your outro? And that's why you take that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there you go. Right, gentlemen, all the best, and I'll see you soon. Thanks so much Take for having us. Pleasure's all bye mine. Bye. Take care. Ta-ra. <laughs>